I know that we come into this world with a mission. We have a reason. And there are other people waiting for you to live that reason so they can live theirs. And to do that, we did have to forget. And we had to have all these amazing circumstances that bring gifts. And the biggest gifts come from the most scary and sometimes what we feel damaging circumstances the biggest gifts come from. But those gifts end up working for you into helping you develop a set of gifts and talents that makes you completely unique. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humble and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host. And I wanted to start today by talking about desires. My guest today says it is his desire to inspire and empower you to find success and happiness by designing and creating a life fueled by your desires. He passionately believes everyone is unique and the creator of their own life. And I must say that I agree, but as we like to explore on this show, I do want to dig into exactly how we might begin that process. And then how do we start to apply it to different parts of our lives that we may feel we need this kind of shift the most in? So I have with me today, Vince Kramer, the co-founder of Imagine Miracles, which guides people of all walks of life, how to discover, design, and create their miracle life. Vince has an interesting journey in how he began to do this kind of work, which we are going to dive into today. So welcome, Vince. Well, thank you, Barcy. It's so good to be with you. I'm excited to get into kind of the specifics of us truly living the lives that we're meant to live. I love all of that. I think that we all have that potential to discover what parts of ourselves to bring forth in order to do that. So I'm really interested in hearing sort of your version of that and how you discovered it. But before we get into all of it, I think you have a very interesting background as well. And there was some shifts that happened for you. So do you mind sort of telling us a little more about your life pre-imagined miracles? Oh, certainly. I'll go back to extremely early in my life. At five years old, I told my grandmother that I wanted to help people love themselves so they could love others. And I don't think a five-year-old really knew what that meant, but I brought it in with me and I remembered it up to that point anyhow. And about the same time, some things started happening in my life with especially the, let's say, the more influential males. Mm. And they were doing their job in making sure that I was going to be a successful male in this world by their definitions. And my grandfather was probably the most influential just because he was the most inaccessible. Mm. I wanted everyone to love me and I wanted to be special to everyone. And he was distant. He was, you know, you had to be the best. You had to conquer. You had to take no prisoners in every experience that you had. And I really learned how to be an aggressive male, if you will, from his influence and his roles on life. And I did a really good job of it. I was extremely successful in many different ways throughout my adulthood from his experiences and from his teachings. But my grandmother reminded me on her deathbed when I was 17 that I had told her that at five years old. 
And uh, being the successful male following Grandpa's rules, I quickly forgot what Grandma told me and went on to join the military and be successful there, be successful in Fortune 100 company, really following both my passions of trying to help people through, shall we say, old paradigm self-help, but also flying airplanes in the military and as a commercial airline pilot. And that really was working for me, except every time that I achieved something, there was always something missing. I didn't feel whole. I didn't feel complete in it. Mm. But I didn't pay attention, didn't pay attention until some pretty heavy-duty wake-up calls came into my life to start really forcing me to look for what was important in my life. And thank goodness for a mentor that I had, Jack Canfield, the Chicken Soup for the Soul author. He helped me through several of his programs really uncover what was missing in my life. And it was me. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that, first of all, because I think a lot of us can relate to that. I have some dominant, inaccessible males in my life as well that became the center of my attention, for lack of a better word. So also a grandfather like that, who I didn't get to spend enough time with, but that was what my interactions were like with him. So I relate to you in those ways. I also wanted to join the military in their footsteps too. My mom begged me not to, so I didn't. (laughs) But yeah, for some reason, I identified with that quite a bit. And I've never heard anyone frame it in this perspective of the reality is you just really wanted them to love you. And that's what it boils down to is we want to be loved and we want to love. So thank you for that, because that's something I can take away with me personally. And I think others can relate to that as well. So I just wanted to acknowledge that before we move forward. All that said, do you mind sharing a little bit what it was besides your grandmother? That's very interesting, by the way. She remembered that and needed to share that with you before she left this realm. Real quickly, did you grow up with your grandparents? Actually, I had interaction with my grandparents on my mother's side most of my life, but didn't live with them. Mm. I would say probably one weekend a month we would spend with our grandparents. So we had that interaction with them quite a bit, especially through, I would say, the first 12 years of my life. Oh, wow. So yeah, lots of physical connection, I should say, like you were able to see each other. That's lovely. So the influence makes sense. So your grandmother maybe was the first one to bring that back into your purview and then, you know, continue to live in the patterns that we know. What was the shifting things that not forced, but brought more into awareness that the thing that was missing was you? Do you mind sharing about that? Oh, certainly. One of the things we share at Imagine Miracles is that we all have these moments of choice, which come from wake-up calls, either conscious ones or crisis ones. So the conscious ones were just me knowing that there had to be something more, that I was living by someone else's rules and still not as happy as I wanted. But I didn't pay attention to them like most of us don't, Barcy. And what happened was I started getting those stronger wake-up calls. And the first one for me was 9-11. I was a pilot at United, actually in management during 9-11 at United Airlines. And one of my friends was one of the pilots that lost his life that day. And I knew that Oh, you know, especially the way people were calling me on the phone and how everybody was coming together in community. I knew that I wanted to live my life more that way. I wanted to be more in community. I wanted to be closer to people. Uh, So it was definitely a message that this is how you want to live your life. What are you going to do about it? Unfortunately, I followed Grandpa's rules pretty well. And of course, I would say most pilots... I'm not going to say all, but most can never believe that that would happen to them. I'm a good pilot. I'm aware. I know what's going on. So it can never happen to them, even though what happened that day could easily have happened to any commercial pilot. So I was able to just kind of push it aside and say, you know, this is no big deal. We're going to fix our security. We're going to take care of everything at the airlines and move on like the good man should be. And I let that wake-up call go by the wayside. The good thing about wake-up calls, the good thing about the universe is if you're not going to listen, it'll find a way to get it to you again. So just a few years later, United went bankrupt. And in that bankruptcy, I lost 60% of my pay. I lost my retirement. I got downgraded in position. So it was a huge effect on my life. And it was really when I started not believing especially at that point in my life, in being loyal. 
because the company wasn't loyal to me, the company wasn't loyal to the employees. So that really affected me towards loyalty. But then once again, I was there, I knew I wanted to live life different, I knew I wanted to be in community in a different way, but I went back to, well, it's my responsibility as a man to support my family. It's my responsibility to have that retirement. So when I turned 60 years old at that time, or 65 by the laws of the land now, I needed to have that retirement. So I ignored that wake-up call once again, and I went out and bought some businesses. I bought three pretzel stores because that was going to be my way of funding my retirement. Unfortunately, I didn't pay attention to that wake-up call. And while I had those businesses, Dr. Atkins comes in and decides that carbohydrates aren't so good for us, which really tanked the pretzel store businesses. And I end up working Uh. 95 hours a week, both at United and then in the pretzel stores, trying to keep that business afloat long enough for the trend to change. During that time frame, my ex-wife had an affair. And that affair was finally the wake-up call that I listened to. I was caught completely by surprise when she said she no longer wanted to be married. I had no desires to be divorced from her. I thought we had a great relationship. Of course, working 95 hours a week, you kind of miss out on the opportunities to see things like that. But that wake-up call is what finally got my attention. And that's how I ended up actually at the Jack Canfield Breakthrough to Success program that I went to because my wife was a Jack Canfield fan. And I wanted us to find a way to find ourselves so we could find each other again and stay married. And unfortunately, I ended up going to the Jack program and she didn't. I see. So that was an entry point to try to connect the two of you because, you know, it resonated with her. Yes, exactly. Counseling wasn't something that she was really interested in, but she religiously listened to Jack's tapes on self-esteem and growing into who you are. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity. Plus, I noticed in my third wake-up call that we both had gotten stagnant. And that Uh, stagnance... It takes two. It really pushed me to understand there's got to be more and you're following all the rules and you're not as happy as you want to be with something that was important. And unfortunately for me, I didn't remember what my grandmother told me for a couple more years. But once I started stepping into that and I had my fourth wake-up call, which came a while later, is when my current wife, Mary, came into my life and started sharing some concepts that before that time, I wouldn't even have listened to. Right. So I'm curious hearing you tell the story in this way where there's a few moments where I'm sensing maybe regret isn't the right word, but you've used the word unfortunate a few times where it sounds like that timing was very necessary in order for you to receive Mary's presence in the way that you did and were able to finally start to move into the shift you're hoping for. Do you see it that way or do you feel like, no, this could have happened sooner? Probably opportunities for it to happen sooner with the different wake-up calls. But in the work that we do, Barcy, I share all the time that when we step into the calling, whatever that is, or when we step into the prompting that we get from the universe or whatever you want to call it where we get our promptings, Mm -hmm. there's times that we're just not quite ready. And I think that's what happened through my life. I just wasn't ready. But then also one of the things that we share is in not being ready, the circumstance that you create also brings a great gift into your life, something that might help develop one of your gifts or develop one of your talents so you can bring yourself further to the world. So what happened for me was in not paying attention to 9-11, I did start paying more attention to the people that I cared about in my life. So that was the gift that came from 9-11, even though I didn't step fully into Imagine Miracles and fully into bringing all my gifts and talents to the world. In the bankruptcy, the gift in that was I learned how to run a small business and I learned how to manage people at a different level. So I held a pretty high level position in the training department at United Airlines. And I managed and I led very motivated, very pointed people. 
But when you're running a quick serve restaurant, you get to manage people at a different level. So the gift in that was my ability to run a small business and to see things in a different way from a corporation to a small business. So that was excellent. The gift in the divorce was definitely me learning it was time to move on and we could either move on together or separately. And it was a joint decision and the decision was to separate. But what happened through the separation, we stayed close and we cared about each other, which then allowed me to be receptive to Mary coming in my life and me being willing to accept those suggestions that she gave me. Right, which we're going to get into. And that's beautiful, finding the moments of how those times have continued to serve you and the growth that happened each time, because each time you grew from it in some way that you were able to leverage later in bigger ways. So I think it is important to make note of that. So I'm glad that you did. I want to share with you on that, because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that we can see the gift in the moment. So it's something that as I started understanding energy a little bit better, as I started understanding how we create our realities, then I was able to go back, see the gift. Then I was able to change the past. But in the moment, I wasn't in that space to find a gift. Now in my life, because I've learned these lessons and I've shared them, now it's easy for me to see the gift in the moment. But back then it wasn't so pleasant. Thank you for clarifying that. That's a very good point to make and and be clear about. You also said something interesting in that explanation. You said, now you're able to go back and change the past. Can you share with us what you mean when you say that? The interesting thing about us as human beings and the brain that we have, we hold on to information. We hold on to circumstances in the emotions that we had them. And when we do that, you know, we're storing in the little file cabinet of our brain and our belief systems are built around that. Our ego personalities use those to keep us safe, to protect us from moving into the unknown. And what I realized was that once you go back and are able to see things in a different light, Now that changes what's in that filing cabinet. And you don't necessarily go back to the pain of it. You go back to the gift of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. It's so freeing once that is known that you can do that, that the healing comes not just for the future or even the moment you're in, but you can really heal the experiences that you've had and the relationships you've had, even if those people may no longer be around or those moments are over. That's very powerful. So I I wanted to talk about that even for a few moments, because it is a whole healing you can do when we grow and bring our whole selves into our experience. So thank you for talking about that just a little. So getting back to the timeline where we're in, where Mary is now in your life, she was in your life once before that, right? Like during your first marriage. That's interesting too, because you did meet prior. How did you first meet and how did you meet again? And what were the two experiences like? The first time we met, we were actually friends with the same couple. Mary and her husband, Russ and Martha and I were friends with the same couple that introduced Mary and Russ to Cabo San Lucas. So they were down vacationing and Martha and I were invited to go down with this couple to spend some vacation time down Uh there. I was and am still a type A person. I just handle it a little bit different now. So I needed that break. It was a, a wonderful opportunity to go down there. And I think I shared with you when we discussed this earlier that I was ready to get to the pool. I was ready to get a margarita in my hand. And so I rushed through changing my clothes once we got to the resort. And I was down hanging out in the pool, drinking a drink with my friend Larry and a couple of his buddies. And One of those buddies was Mary's husband, Russ. So we were all getting to know each other. I hadn't met any of them but Larry before, so we're getting to know each other. And all of a sudden, this lady walks up to the pool. And I actually felt that energy before I knew anybody was there. It was really weird. It was something that I've never experienced in my body before. It was like, whoa, what is going on? And when I looked up, of course, Mary's very attractive and she's in a bikini. So (laughs) she's striking that way. But I didn't even notice that, Barcy. It was this energetic pull 
that I was supposed to be around this woman, and I actually felt guilt and shame around it. Mm. And it was like, I don't know what this is. I don't understand it. I don't know how to do anything about it, so I'm going to stay away from her. That was 10 years before Mary came back into my life through the same friend. Larry suggested that maybe I got together with Mary because they were getting divorced at the exact same time as Martha and I were, and maybe Mary could help me understand what was going on. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. That's cool. You also mentioned that your ex-wife helped you, because you stayed friends and continued to care for each other, helped you receive Mary differently. How did that influence help that for you? It was more in the way we got divorced and more about, you know, I got to a point that I realized that I wasn't happy in my life And it wasn't marriage that I wasn't happy with, but it was my life. But she wasn't happy in the marriage. And I was able to understand her unhappiness, which then allowed us to... It wasn't bitter. It was like she had given me an opportunity to find myself in her unhappiness in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And that opened me up to be receptive instead of not trusting women or not trusting myself around women. I see. Okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for that. Yes, there's often to be binary, but two directions at the least that we can always choose when things happen and how we move forward through things. So yeah, I think a lot of people would be able to relate to that as well. (laughs) Do you feel like Mary's your soulmate? There is no doubt. When we say soulmate, or some people say twin flame. And I've heard they're different. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Well, what I would say is that in the difference in what people call definitions, I would say we're twin flames. I say that because we're together for a divine intent. We're together for a mission. She's here for several reasons, but she was here definitely to get me to open my eyes to the new paradigm. And I don't know if I would have, well, the universe would have found a way to open my eyes. I don't think it would have been as pleasant as Mary opened my eyes to the new paradigm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for defining that too. So how did this all start for you? How did she start to open your eyes? It was interesting because what we became is happy hour buddies, I guess is the best way to explain it. So for about a year and a half, we got together at least once a month for happy hour and just talked about different things, the way that we saw life, the beliefs that we had. And Mary at that point decided that she was never going to shy away from spirituality in the way that she believed it ever again. So if somebody was going to be around her, they were going to hear how she felt about spirituality and so on and so forth. So it was at a point where I said to myself, Barcy, after the divorce and after going to Jack Canfield, that I am going to open myself up to everything that comes my way. And then I'll make a decision if I want to believe in it or not believe in it. So it was perfect timing because Mary was sharing things about oneness. She was sharing things about energy and how we're affecting each other across the globe. She was sharing things in a way that made sense to me mentally, but not necessarily in the beliefs of how I was raised as a child and in the schools I went to and the religion that I followed. So she actually just got me thinking. She truly opened my eyes and my mind. And then being the scientist or the engineer, actually, I'm going to admit this, and I've only admitted it a couple times, in trying to prove her wrong so I could show her how I was right, I delve deeper into science, into quantum physics, into the brain, into work on understanding how our neural networks are formed. And it was like, the more I learned, the more Mary was right. Wow. (laughs) And then that put me on a path that, okay, I understand why I have the gifts and talents that I have, but now I have to do my work before I can share it. Right. And what did that look like? Oh, interesting. Some of the greatest mentors that you could ask for, people like Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton, Jack Canfield's work, Debbie Ford's work. We just together, Mary and I, knew that we had this mission. So we started together, how can we 
learn? How can we grow? How can we start working on our beliefs? How can we start understanding how we've created and why we've created what we've done? I think I read about 100 books in 15, 16 months. I mean, I was just called to delve into this information. And I think where you're going is, where did the rest of the information come from? Is that where we're going? We are getting there, yes. I know you took some time to do everything you just started to talk about, about the books. And the development part is interesting to me, too. So I wanted to make sure I asked you about that before we jump into the next chapter. Because I do think the journey and the how are super important, how we get to things Mm -hmm. and how we make things possible for ourselves. That's why I started there. So with gifts and talents, Barcy, I want to share with you that I am a scientist. So I like to research. I like to dig in. I like to find what's going on. And I like to grow. So that part of me, the gift of being the scientist and the gift of being a teacher, my whole life's been about teaching something, right down to teaching flying in the military and so on and so forth. That all came together, and I started using those gifts and those talents to start educating myself. And the education is where I started finding the gaps for me. I see. Okay. Thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. and clarifying that for us. And I like that you're talking about it in this way because it helps us understand the things we like to do, we can leverage in ways to grow ourselves too. And those are messages. Those are tools that we all have. I call them our superpowers. I think we all have a superpower that we can apply and that's unique to us and how we like to do things. So let's go ahead and jump into what happened next because you were sharing with me in a previous conversation that you couldn't sleep. You were getting a lot of interruptions. So let's talk about that. So let me back up to how it really all came about that I even learned about our abilities to tap into guidance in the way that it happened. So I was telling you that we signed up for programs and we're looking for opportunities for us to discover ourselves. And we were doing it actually separately. There was times that we did it together. We hadn't gotten married yet. We hadn't even started talking about Imagine Miracles yet at this point. But I signed up for... It was called an Illumination Intensive, and it was by an organization called Warrior Sage. And I signed up for it because it felt right to sign up for. One of those promptings from the universe, from God, from the energies trying to get me to move in the right direction. And I didn't even know what I was signing up for, but what I ended up signing up for was five days from six o'clock in the morning to midnight answering the question, who am I? In dyads, knees to knees to different people answering that question. And that's the only question you answered. That's the only conversations you had for 18 hours and five days. Wow. Yes, it was uh, truly heavy duty. And thank goodness I didn't know what it was until I got there because I probably wouldn't have went. So it was definitely something that I didn't need to know what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. Right before that happened, Mary and I had gone, she was dating someone when we started getting interested in being together, and then I was dating someone when she wasn't. So for like the last nine months or so, it just didn't work out that, you know, we knew we were being called, but we were in different relationships as we were going through the process. But she called me up and said, you know, I'm up in Aspen right now. I'm with my business partner. I'm with my youngest son. Why don't you come up and join us? And it was like, you know, Mary, I really can't join you. I've got this intensive. The next morning I got to leave early. And something in her voice was, this might be your last opportunity. So I think I was smart enough intuitively to say, okay, yeah, I'll come up. So I drove up there and, you know, what do they say? What happens in Aspen stays in Aspen, but I'll share it with the group. We had way too many margaritas and we ended up sleeping together. And after we were intimate, and you notice I was careful there on how I presented this, (laughs) after we were intimate... Mary was kind of in a weird state, and she says, I want to tell you that I see this little girl next to you. And I had had enough to drink that it wasn't like, okay, this is voodoo, voodoo, weird stuff. It was like, tell me about her. So she explained this little blonde girl who's about 
four or five years old and what she was wearing and how she looked and everything. And then there was a couple other things that she shared with me. And one of them was this older woman that she saw. And this is something completely new to me. I have never heard anybody share seeing or feeling energies before at all. But the woman that she described was my grandmother, the one that died when I was 17 years old. So it got my attention. And because she described my grandmother so well, we had a long conversation about this little blonde girl. Went to sleep, got up really early in the morning, Drove to the airport, thought about this little blonde girl all the way flying to the intensive and get to the intensive. And I'm a great shut the cockpit door kind of guy. So, okay, I'm at the intensive. All of that's gone now. I'll worry about the little blonde girl when I get home. Interestingly, over the five days, five people shared with me in those intensive, do you know there's a little blonde girl on your shoulder? Or do you know there's a little blonde girl standing beside you? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And so tell me about her. So they described the patent shoes, leather shoes that she was wearing, the white stockings. They described the blue dress. And it was like, oh my gosh, I have got to pay attention and I don't know what's going on here. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm getting chills listening to this. So I did have a wake up during the five days. I realized that in those five days, which was very much like boot camp, because <laughs> I've been to two of them, so I know exactly what it was like. It was very much like boot camp where we were, shall we say, tired enough and allowed things to happen enough because we were that tired that I had an awakening. I realized that I was everything and I was nothing. Hmm. And that was a huge thing to realize. If you go to these events and they open you up that much, if it's a good facilitator, they're going to close you down. They're going to shut you down so you don't go out in this world just heart wide open. I didn't go. I didn't go to the last two hours. I got on the airplane early and I went home. And I called Mary on the way and said, I don't know what's going on, but you've got to meet me and you've got to share with me about this little blonde girl. So all the way home, I'm wondering what's going on. I get home. Mary's a realtor, so she couldn't meet me right away. So I'm going crazy. And she finally shows up and we went for a walk and we had this conversation. And I asked her, you know, tell me about the blonde girl. Tell me where you learned about her. Tell me everything that you know. And what she shared was that she had had a channeling. And I had to stop her there and she had to describe to me and explain what a channeling was because I had no idea. But this lady during the channeling, the medium, if you will, shared with her through one of the ascended masters that this little blonde girl was going to come into her life. And when she saw this little blonde girl, that her partner for the rest of her life was going to be associated with that little blonde girl. So she saw the blonde girl with me, she described it, and then the fact that these people were telling me all about the blonde girl kind of triggered the memories of the channelings. At that point, it was like channeling. What's a channeling? You know, what's this can, all can about? Can you actually define that for sure. us, just for anyone who's listening? What a channeling is, is when someone in human form allows themselves to get out of a way enough and allow their energy to support the higher vibrational energies to come through and talk. Is that a good enough explanation? I think okay. so. Yeah, for me. Yeah, okay. I think so. Thank you. So I said, I want one of these channelings. Well, she said, you don't want one of these. You don't believe in it. And I said, no, I don't believe in it, but I want one of these challenges. Because if you got that information and I got these five people telling me about the blonde girl, I'm supposed to find out what's going on. So she set up this channeling for me. And I went with her and her mother. And it was very interesting. We went to this house that was half normal house and half earthen house. So it was kind of strange for me when I pulled in the driveway. What's an earthen house? Like earth? One part of the house is covered with earth. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. interesting. It was. Yeah. Definitely got my attention. <laughs> so we knocked on the door. I go in. We talked to this lady. She introduces herself. You know, I want to get right into the channeling and she wants to have a conversation. So we had tea and we got to know each other. And so she finally says, okay, I know you're here for a channeling. We can do it three ways. I can get out of the way and let the energies come through and they will just talk to you. Or 
you can ask me questions and then I will give you the answers that they give. Or mm. I can just be a mediator between the two of you and just share what they're saying as you're having a conversation. Well, it's like, I'm with the full money, right? I'm here for it all. So I want you to truly be a conscious channel and let the energy come through. Mm. And there's so many things. I know there's a lot we want to talk about yet, so I won't go into great detail. But there were so many things that happened that I was always able to justify through the channeling. And so she would say something. First of all, I watched this lady kind of transform as she was bringing the energy in. And I just took it as, wow, she's a great actress. And her voice changed a little bit. Wow, she's a great actress. And some other things that happened, you know, she'd say this and I'd say, oh, okay, I've told Mary that. So Mary shared that with her. So she knew about this situation (laughs) or that situation. But what happened first was the first energy that came in introduced himself as Archangel Michael. And he pretty much said, I've been trying to get your attention for a long time. You're here to open hearts, and we're going to make that happen type of thing. And shared about why my childhood was the way it was, why I made the decisions that I made, why I got divorced when I did. That was a lot of great information there. Then he says, there's someone else that wants to talk to you. Are you willing? And I said, sure, you know, we're here at this point. Let's go. (laughs) And I watched the lady kind of change. She kind of morphed a little bit and she started talking in an excited voice, still a deeper voice, so I could tell it was a male. That energy introduced itself as Archangel Raphael. And I'm still saying, okay, yeah, what a great actress. This is good. You know, it's quite entertaining. (laughs) But what Archangel Raphael said to me, and this is another one of those get your attention moment, you got to pay attention. He said, you are here to open hearts, but you have to open yours first. And I'm going to use red-haired, blue-eyed people to open your heart. So once again, in my justifications, Mary knows there's a lot of red-haired, blue-eyed people that have come into my life recently, her oldest son being one of them. So it was like, okay, justify. And then Raphael said to me, as an example, do you remember walking through Walmart last week? And when you were walking through Walmart, this little child stood up in a stroller to watch you. And as he watched you go by and around the racks, he fell out of his stroller and his mother caught him. And then Raphael said he had red hair and blue eyes. And it was like, Barcy, it was like the mom knew, the child knew, and I knew. No one else knew that that happened. And it was like... Okay, Vince, it's time to pay attention. This is serious stuff. Wow. So over the course of two hours, two more energies came in and talked to me. And then Michael came back at the end and said, like I said earlier, we've been trying to get a hold of you for a long time. You've got a big mission in this world, and we're going to be with you every night. So when you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear voices, we want you to make sure your eyes are closed, looked up. And if you see blue, it'll be Archangel Michael. If you see green, it's Archangel Raphael. If you see red, it's this female energy that we're not going to tell you who it is at the time. And if you see yellow, it's Ra, the sun god. And we will be giving you information that's important for you to take to the world. Wow. And it ended that way. I'm kind of emotional here because it was just so out of the ordinary for me and something that I initially fought to try to believe, and then I couldn't help but believe. There was so much energy in that room that after the channeling was over, and the room was probably at about 68 degrees, I had a golf shirt on, and it was soaking wet. You could actually wring water out of that shirt. The energy was so high in that channeling. Ooh, yes. Oh, my And they weren't lying to me. Every single night after that for years, I would wake up with that energy giving me information. Ooh, that's a lot to experience in one sitting for anyone. Especially for a military pilot, college football player, uh, you know, truly a man's man. And now all of this stuff is happening. And it's like, I don't know if I believe it. How is anybody else going to believe it? Mm. Yeah, how did you feel after that experience? Very alone. Thank goodness I had Mary in my life. And we did get married very shortly after that. And it was tough getting that information. And I didn't share it with anybody but Mary for the longest time. Sure. And then we started sharing it with a few people. But 
there was only a handful of people that knew anything about that because I didn't know how people would accept it. You probably needed to accept it yourself first, For right? Sure. Like the process of that, I'm sure. Here's your pilot. And uh, yeah, I was talking to the angels last night, but I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not crazy, I swear. <laughs> Yeah. But you had witnesses, at yeah. least, to help validate that for you. So you were getting these messages for years. Was it years later that you started to lean into the messages? Well, actually, that was at the time that I really started the process of doing my work, looking at okay. my beliefs, you know, really understanding what energy was, understanding how I could work with energy, how we all work with energy, starting to believe that we bring our mission into the world and we had to forget. All of those things is what I was going through at that point. But what happened was I was waking up at two in the morning sometimes and I couldn't get back to sleep. And Mary finally said to me, Vince, you can't do this. You know, you've got hundreds of people you're taking care of that you're responsible for when you go out and fly. You need to be rested. Would you be willing to try to let the energies come through you? Would you be interested in channeling these energies during the day? I could take notes for you and then you could sleep at night and you don't have to worry about getting the information and taking the notes yourself. Wow. And I'll be honest with you, Barcy, I wasn't ready for that for about a year. I kept telling her, no, I can't do it. I'll get my naps in. I'll be fine. But I finally got to a point where I realized that when I was a flying an all-nighter, I was probably not as alert as I should be. So I said, okay, Mary, I'll do it. I'll try to channel for you. Okay. And how did that first experience go? The first experience was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take to kind of get into the groove of that? Like, how does that even develop, like, intentionally? Well, what I did was I knew how to self-hypnotize. So, Did you always know how to do that? Or? Well, no, I learned it early in my adulthood. Okay. And so what I did was I put myself in the most relaxed situation or space that I could and shut my mind down the best that I could. I can meditate really well because the ability to self-hypnotize and put myself in that relaxed state. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was still, you know, I'm going to let energies talk through me type of stuff. So I tried my best to get myself out of the way. I learned a very simple exercise of connecting with the question that you want to meditate to or connecting to. So I connected to the guides I wanted to come in. Sure. And what happened was my body wasn't ready to accept that energy. So the first time I'm laying there and I've got myself in a really deep state and I start coughing and hacking and the energy oh. trying to come through my vocal cords and stuff was just terrible. It was like 15 minutes of coughing and hacking. And then Mary says, because I don't remember it, she said, the energy said, I'm Archangel Michael, and I'm glad that you asked us to come through this way. And then Mary and Michael had a conversation, and I don't remember any of it at all, but I do remember coming out coughing and hacking. And I remember the energy in my head being so strong that I couldn't open my eyes for minutes. Fascinating. That's so fascinating. I've never had the opportunity to ask a channel how it feels. So that is so interesting and amazing that you know how to, first of all, put yourself in that state. So that's a, maybe another podcast. I want to know about that too. Wow. Okay. So you did it. I she did was it. able to take notes. She had a conversation. Did you learn things through that first conversation or was that more of just like an introduction? It was more of an introduction. It was more of them, I think, allowing me to get my body into a space to accept the information. Mm -hmm. And it was an opportunity for Mary to ask, okay, how's the information going to come through? How do I best get it back to Vince? Wow. So now she's facilitating. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is so interesting. Okay. So I don't want to fast forward too far, but now that we have you channeling, is it always a situation where you don't have a memory of it and you need someone there to kind of share with you what the experience was like after? I would say that now, and I've been channeling for six, seven years now, I would say now that I remember 40% of it. 
Okay. It depends okay. on how high vibrational the information is that comes through. I know it's in the cells of my body, but it's not like I'm sitting in a chair and listening to it and getting all the information. So I would say I get about 40% of it. We record everything. Mary listens to all the recordings even after she's sat in on a channeling. So I okay. get a lot of my information from her. And what she said was that Something will come through in a channeling, and then four or five days later, I'll say something exactly like it. She shared that she knows I'm getting the information, even if I don't remember it. Yes, I think it's how I understand the brain to work, is that you're always getting all of the information, It's whether it's in the conscious mind or not. So that makes sense to me. I would understand that. And the other thing I want to share about retention is, first of all, it took me a long time to be willing to channel for anyone besides Mary. Uh, and it took me a long time to be willing to channel, allowing her to ask questions that didn't have to do with the information that was coming through. Hmm. Because I had channeling experiences after the first one where I could tell that the individual was influencing the answers. I see. Not necessarily giving the answers. The energy was still coming through, but their ways of thinking, their beliefs influenced it. So Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to channel for anyone else and a longer time for me to channel publicly at all. But when I finally, I had another great mentor, her name's Andrea J. Lee. One day uh, we were sitting in this retreat and she asked everybody in the group, when are you going to finally be authentic? And that was the time I needed to hear that question where it was, okay, it's time for me to start thinking about channeling for other people. This is obviously a gift, and we're here to share our gifts, so it's time. But I wouldn't do it until I got agreement with the energies that any time that I was influencing an answer, I would be energetically taken out of the conversation. So I never influenced any of the information that came through. Mm, I see. So, okay. (laughs) There's a lot of information you just shared, which is so fascinating to me. I feel like we could just talk about this for the rest of the time, but I want to make sure we learn how you're leveraging this and using this tool. And I say tool very lightly, just for the sake of the conversation. In what you're doing with Imagine Miracles, how did this all start to work together? Well, I think the first direction that after we started compiling all this information that came in, is me realizing through the energies. Well, first of all, let me describe the energy so people know what I'm talking about. We're all energy and we're all a vibration. And there's high vibrations in the universe and low vibrations in the universe. And when I say I'm tapping into the energies, it's truly the higher vibrational frequencies of the energy streams that we all represent too. So when I channel, it's a lot different than a lot of other people that channel. I channel a group that calls themselves the round table, but every time I channel, the energies that come in are different. So if I channeled for you, your frequency, the high vibrations of your energy are the guides that come in. So my guides show up. So your guides show up. Your higher self shows up at the table. So you're truly getting information that's pertinent to you. So I don't channel the same group ever. They're all different. My guides always show up, but then your guides would show up or Mary's guides would show up also. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Because you brought up Mary again, and this is interesting to me. So... If you channel for her more than once, do the same guides for her continue to show up consistently or does it change? Consistently, but it changes. Okay, got it. So if she has certain questions or if we're looking at certain parts of the business, different guides would show up. Okay. They're obviously all hers. Mm -hmm. Has she met them all before or do new ones come in sometimes that are like brand new? She's met new ones. But Mary's a little bit different than most people. Mary's been participating in channelings for a long time. So she's been to probably 35, 40 different channels. So she's talked to her guides along the way. What I've Mm -hmm. found with people who haven't had those conversations 
is that the ones closest, the guides closest to their energy, the guides with the closer vibration to where the individual is at the time, so we can hear the message, Mm. are the ones that show up. And then as we raise our vibration, now the higher vibrations can come in. That's fascinating. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. But go on. You were in the middle of something. So... The first conclusion that I came to as I started doing all this studying and I started getting the information is that we truly knew as an energy we were coming to this earth and we knew why we were coming and we knew what we wanted to experience. And we wanted to experience the energy of us at the high vibration and the low vibration and then expand it. But we also came here to live a certain mission. And at Imagine Miracles, we call it our divine intent. It's the intent we came in with. So in that understanding, I wanted to help people find the reason that they came in Mm. and Mm. why they had to forget they came in with that reason. So what we ended up doing is putting together, trying to find something that people would be interested in, but then to give them the information at a new level in a new paradigm. So what uncovered for me is purpose. And we all want to know why we're here. We all know we get the callings, we get the urges, we get the feelings. But what I learned and what I want to share with people is that it's not just our why. Our purpose is not just our why. It's the who, what, and why of us. Mm. And once we understand the who, what, and why of us, now we're tapping into the understanding that we brought into the world, that we chose to be here with. Why we chose our parents. Because they were going to give us the circumstances that would help us develop certain gifts. Why we chose our time of birth and the place of birth. Are you familiar with human design? Go ahead and define it for us. I'm not sure. There's some teachings that have been downloaded back in the 80s about how the energy of the universe at our time of birth gave us all these tools to help us live here on earth and to show up in a way that benefits others as well as they benefit themselves. So... It's really telling you what those energies were and really how you came into this earth to be supported. That's human design. And that's at a really high level explaining it. Mm. But when I started learning about human design, then astrology started to make more sense to me. Why the position of the planets, why the position of the galaxies affected our energy? Because we chose that certain time to be here and those energies are are supporting us. So I really moved into that space of understanding that we've got to find out why we're here. And we've got to live it fully, and we can find abundance in living it fully and stop living from Grandpa's rules. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So is that the principle behind what Imagine Miracles is, like helping people do this? It's really helping people transform from the inside out. Okay. It's what it's about. So you said earlier when you shared the intro, you said that we're about discover, creating, and living your miracle life. And that miracle life is the life that you're meant to live. So we define miracle as sharing your gifts and talents in an act of love so other people can share their gifts and talents. That's what we define a miracle as. And so we want you to discover and remember why you came. You already knew, you forgot. Okay, let's remember why you're here and how you're here to show up in the world. And then Okay, now that you know why you're here, let's use the laws of quantum physics. Let's use the universal laws to create that life. So that's the second part of Imagine Miracles. But along the way, we got to remember that we can move into the higher frequencies, but we're still three-dimensional beings. So we still have the belief system. We still have the ego personalities. So the second part is not only about how do you create this life that you're here to live, but what can get in the way? And how can you work with that? Because there's a reason that you have your subpersonalities. There's a reason you had your belief system. Let's learn the reason and then decide if we want to change things up a little bit. Okay. Well, one of the scariest things for me is when I hear people say, well, I got to get beyond the ego or I got to get rid of my ego. Because you're not going to get rid of those personalities. They're here for a reason. 
but let's change their reason. Oh, okay. So let's learn to work with them instead of them protecting us from what they're afraid how we're going to get hurt or we're going to get stepped on. I love that reframe of let's change their reason. I feel the same way when people talk about fear. It's like, I got to get rid of my fear. It's like, well, it's not going to go away. It's not going to stop existing for you as a component of the experience. (laughs) But changing the reason it's there, I never thought of framing it exactly like that, but that's food for thought for sure. I've done some really heavy ego work with people, and I use several different methods. But one of the things that happened for me as I was doing my ego work and connecting with these ego personalities, they actually gave themselves new titles. So I had a protector that would protect me from me getting too close to people because I was going to get hurt by people. And during the conversations, and we teach people how to have these conversations with their egos. During a conversation one day, that ego personality said, I no longer want you to call me the protector. I'll be your executive assistant and I'll decide who comes in the door or not. But I'll tell you who they are and we can choose together. I mean, that's how the ego changed in supporting me instead of holding me back. Wow. Wow. What a beautiful process in helping ourselves get out of our own way so that we can work with ourselves in a productive and and supportive way. That's really, really nice to hear it. Just the process being done that way. That resonates. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Again, just for definitions, can you help us understand what universal laws are? Maybe give a couple examples. Well, sure. The energy and the universe is based on a series of laws that work together to help us live our existence that we've chosen. And some say there's seven, some say there's 12, but you've heard a lot of them. Cause and effect is a universal law. But the big one out there that everybody's heard of is the law of attraction. Like attracts like. That's what I mean by the universal laws and understanding the aspects of those. But then you also have the science that we're aware of right now. I think it's not going to be long and we're going to go beyond quantum physics. I think our physicists are going to go even beyond quantum physics right now because we have so much available to us to learn more and more. But understanding the observer effect of quantum physics, which is telling us as the observer, we affect reality. Well, that's huge when you're looking at it and thinking about it's the way I look at a circumstance that decides the reality of it. The perspective. So learning Mm -hmm. how to use the laws of quantum physics also to just look at life in a different way. I don't want anybody up on the blackboard doing all the formulas and everything of physics that you see, but I do want you to think about, oh, I'm attracting that person into my life. So if I'm attracting that person into my life, something about their energy matches my energy. Mm -hmm. So now can I look at that person and learn more about myself? Mm -hmm. Louise Hay said it really well. If we could all do mirror work and learn about ourselves in the mirror, our existence would be completely different than it is. But we can't. I mean, most people can't even look at themselves in the mirror. We can look and shave or we can put our makeup on, but we can't really even look at ourselves right in the eyes and hold that gaze for a minute. We just Mm -hmm. can't do it. When I ask a client to just every time you go by a mirror, look in there and say, I love you. It's almost impossible for people. So what did the universe provide us? They provided us all these wonderful people that we attract in because their energy matches us for us to see ourselves in them. Oh, it's beautifully said. And yeah, I I was going to say I call that mirroring. Mm -hmm. And then that's very affirming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And that works in all the ways. It can feel negative at times. It can feel really, really positive. It can feel everything in between. But I think the observation and awareness part is the important piece in when we do that. So I have to ask you about the little blonde girl. (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Did we ever find out? Well, what Mary was told... I don't want to turn people off or scare people away, but I'll share that I really believe that Mary and I are together when I say that we're twin flames. And it's not something I believe in, Mm -hmm. but I believe in. (laughs) So it's Mm -hmm. very interesting. You experience it, but you don't have a belief system around it. When I say we're twin flames, I believe that we are bringing the masculine and feminine together. 
And if we can bring the masculine and feminine together on the 3D plane, it's bringing the divine masculinity and the, the divine femininity together. And it's very interesting because Mary actually brings more of the masculine out in me, and I bring more of the feminine out in her. So I'm probably a softer male than most people would believe. I'm 6'5", 240 pounds, but I'm a softer male than most people would believe. And Mary's a much more masculine person than most people would believe. So we actually bring the feminine out in Mary and she brings the masculine more out in me. So we're bringing that divine masculine and feminine together. Mm -hmm. The little blonde girl Mary was shared was going to be... A representation of the divine feminine, mm. the higher energy. And as we started going through channelings, we believed there was going to be twins. There was going to be a little boy and a little girl. And that was going to be the marriage of femininity and the masculinity. <laughs> we were too old. Okay. I was wondering that, actually. That was my thought, yeah. that it would be that. So we weren't able to bring the energies in that way, but we were able to start bringing the energies together in the programs to help people find that in them. So one of the things that I definitely want to share is that we help people learn how to tap into their own guidance. My desire is, and the roundtable's desire is, that everybody gets comfortable enough tapping into their own guidance that channels aren't needed. Ah, yes. So one of the things we do in our original program, it's called Take a Quantum Leap. We actually teach you how to tap into your guides and to your ego personalities. And then it's great to have a channel around that can confirm the information that you're getting. But, you know, I would be happy to be a confirmation channel where everybody's getting their own guidance and living their own set of rules and not grandpas or not moms or not societies or Vogue magazines. There's many influences, Mm -hmm. yes. That's really beautiful and wonderful work that the two of you are doing. And and I can feel it. I can feel it through our conversation, the genuineness of it all and the high vibration of it too. All that said, what would be if you had only one takeaway that you would like the listener to have from this conversation? What would that be? Well, I think you shared it earlier. I know that we come into this world with a mission. We have a reason. And there are other people waiting for you to live that reason so they can live theirs. And to do that, we did have to forget. And we had to have all these amazing circumstances that bring gifts. And the biggest gifts come from the most scary and sometimes what we feel damaging circumstances the biggest gifts come from. But those gifts end up working for you into helping you develop a set of gifts and talents that makes you completely unique. It's the combination of unique. And if you realize that of 7.8 plus billion people in this world, there is no one like you energetically and no one like you that has the gifts and talents to share in the way that you do, it will help you understand that there's people waiting just for you to be you. And when you can live that, the puzzle pieces all start to come together. And when the puzzle all gets together, it's not going to be pieces. It's just going to be one puzzle, one board. Maybe whole. Yeah. No more duality, no more separation. We're truly here as a community, common unity, all here to live who we are so others can do the same. Ah, That feels relieving and very healing just to hear you say it that way. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So how can we connect with you? Well, it's very easy. ImagineMiracles.com, Imagine Miracles on YouTube, Imagine Miracles on Facebook. That's all out there. I want to give a gift to your audience, if you're willing. Please. So if they go to ImagineMiracles.com, Be Bold Begin, all one word, then there's three opportunities for you. I wrote a chapter in a book with Jack Canfield, the mentor that I mentioned earlier. You can get a free chapter if you'd like. There's also a copy of what I call the Your Unique Purpose Formula. That's the exact formula that we use for our first course, Take a Quantum Leap. It's really to help you uncover those three parts of your purpose and then how to live it. And then for the first 
10 people, I'm feeling extremely generous today, for the wow. first 10 people that sign up, we have what we call a Your Life, Your Way Breakthrough session. And in that session, Mary and I, or Mary or I, will spend at least a half hour with you looking at what's getting in the way of you living that unique purpose right now and the next best step to take to move beyond that obstacle. So the first 10 people to sign up for that. That's amazing and so generous and such value in what you're offering. So And, and so, so sweet that you've added the title. So thank you for that. Thank you for all of that. That's wonderful. You're so welcome. And thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share. And you're such a lovely host that it's a joy to be here. I could probably spend four or five more hours with you. It's just such a joy to be with you. I feel the same way. We could do this all day. (laughs) So thank you for those words and thank you for being here. It's been healing. That touched my heart. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to People Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if you want more tools, resources, and techniques for your creative process and to connect with me directly, then I'd love to invite you to our Unleash Creative Community. Just follow the link in the show notes and I'll look forward to meeting you there. Happy creating.